Welcome into the Legend Rewind podcast. I'm Rusty Ellis today, joined by former Monterey legend Jared Phillips. First thing I always ask, kind of, how do you feel when someone applies that to your name, Monterey <laughs> legend? How do you feel about that? I don't know about that, man. I mean, I just tried to give my all while I was playing <laughs> here, so I don't know if I'd call it a legend. I just gave everything I mm-hmm. had to the program. So. <laughs> You know, well, Peyton, he was he was pretty adamant when when you know when he like, we posted his episode. Peyton West, the first thing he said was, "Hey, if you whenever you do another Monterey one, you need to talk to Jared Phillips." So that's got to mean something coming from him, especially the career he had. You know what, man? Peyton had an awesome career here, and I got to see Peyton from when he was when I got here in 2011. Peyton was probably seven or eight somewhere <laughs> around there. So I got to see Peyton from when he was a kid and get to mm-hmm. see him grow up and turn into the player he was, man. And obviously, in my opinion, Peyton was the best to ever do it here. So, I mean, it's cool to hear that from him. And, and we're still pretty close. We talk mm-hmm. all the time. So, it's cool to hear it from him. Mm-hmm. So, let's talk basketball. Uh, kind of going back, what's your first memory of basketball? The first – or kind of the farthest back you can go? You know what, man? Some of my first memories playing basketball, we used to have a junior pro league here. Mm-hmm. And, man – I think Coach West told me about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I can remember playing junior pro here. And there, there was good players came here. People came from Clark Range and played here. And at that time, there was a lot of athletes here, and, man, it was good stuff. I can remember playing junior pro and it being tough. The competition was tough, and I learned a lot there, you know. Mm-hmm. Playing tough competition at a young age, how important do you think that is, especially players now with AAU and, you know, travel ball? How important is that playing that tough competition at such a young age? I think just learning how to compete and, and learning what it takes to win. You know, I, I tell these guys all the time we have now, the difference when you get to a high level of basketball, the difference in winning and losing is maybe a hustle play getting on the floor, sliding over and taking a charge. Mm-hmm. Little things are important, and I think if you can compete early, you learn to do those little things and make winning plays. Some things that guys don't really learn watching the NBA. Right, right yeah, some <laughs> stuff that they don't do maybe that it actually takes to win. And that high they love the level. flashy stuff. Though. Yeah, that's right. The, the gritty and tough stuff really a lot of times I think is what wins games for you. So is there a part of the game that maybe came a little more naturally to you, whether it was kind of at the defensive end, shooting the ball, ball handling? What, what came natural for you? For, for me, getting to the rim, scoring around the rim was good for me. And I kind of always had that in my bag. When I got to high school here, I got to play early. Mm-hmm. And Coach always had a lot of confidence in me, and maybe at times he shouldn't have. <laughs> but uh, I got to play early, and that was something I got early on, was scoring around the rim, getting to the free throw line, shooting. <laughs> wasn't the best. I couldn't really shoot it later in my career. I got to where I could shoot it a little better. But uh, I'd say getting to the rim, getting to the rack was good for me. Again, something that kids kind of maybe take for granted nowadays, just kind of getting a layup's just as good as a three. It's just one-point difference. Yeah, that's right. I, you know, and you, if you're tough and you can score it and get fouled, the traditional three-point play, hey, I'll take those too, you know. So, But, you know, and in my time, the game kind of changed, I guess, from my, when I was a freshman – Nobody shot a lot of threes. Hey, you had to really be able to shoot it to shoot, you know. And now we're, you're looking at putting up 20, 25 threes a night. A lot of teams do that in high school, so it, it's different. It's got to be crazy seeing that at the high school level when you played. It's got to be crazy seeing that now where teams are jacking up 30 threes a night. It, yeah, it is. It, it's different ball game, And I think, you know, the Warriors, mm-hmm. Steph Curry and Thompson and all those guys, I think it's just trickled down. You know, they started it, mm-hmm. you know, what, 10 years ago, something like that. Something like started that, yeah. shooting it. And it's just trickled down, I think, from the pros all the way down to high school now. So how old were you when you first played organized ball? How old were you? Gosh, I had to be <laughs> second grade, third grade. I was young, man. Mm-hmm. It was a long and time ago. And this was junior pro leagues you Yeah, I played junior pro. And then when I once I got fifth grade, of course, I started playing middle school ball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I never heard of – I didn't know what AU basketball was until I got to high school. Mm-hmm. So that, that was a change for me. And I got into that playing AU when I got in high school. So really just – dove into it and played all the time 
So I have to ask, I've done a lot of these, but I have to ask, is there a big difference from an elementary school level to the middle school level? Is there a big difference or is it more just still kind of more development level basketball to prepare you for high school? Well, for me, man, it it was just, I wouldn't even say if it was preparing for high school, it was just trying to get better. Mm -hmm. You know, I I love basketball. Mm -hmm. And and at the time here, I, I would say that not everybody was as into basketball as I was. You know, a lot, there were several guys around my age I came up with was. But, man, I just love watching the game, being around the game. I, I just put a lot of time into it. It was just a passion. I, I just loved it. How many hours a week do you think you, you would be in the gym when you when you were that young? And I'm assuming – I mean, obviously you had to have somebody that could take you. So I mean. <sighs> Gosh, I don't know. I would say – I would say every day I was in the gym at some point, you know, I, but I really didn't get into really putting the work in until I got in high school. You know, I never had anybody to show me exactly what it took mm-hmm. to get to that next level. You know, once I got around Coach West, he really kind of took me under his wing, man, and I learned – Coach West was really a mentor for me. I learned a lot from, from him. So we'll talk a lot about what Coach West in a minute because obviously I know there are a lot of people that would echo that same thing about him, that he taught them a lot. Were there any coaches that stuck out to you from the elementary and middle school level that – really kind of helped, again, just kind of helped build that passion for basketball. Because, I mean, you said, and I think a lot of what you said about, you know, people not being as passionate about basketball. I mean, in the South, everyone loves football, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that's the big thing here. And even in Monterey, you know, football, people love football around here. They love every sport here when it comes Football's to Monterey. And they support, but football is ultimately king, right. especially in the South. Uh, are there any coaches at, around that time that really helped to build that passion for you? You know what? I, I was a football guy, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. grow until I got in high school, I, I played football till till then. And, uh, you know, I would say the most influential coaches I had then was probably football coaches, to be honest, because, like you say, it's football, football's king. So I, I would say, you know, uh, Mike Stapp, okay. he's a coach, you know, helps coach high school football here. He was influential on me on how to compete mm-hmm. and what, what it took to win. Mm-hmm. Things like I was talking about earlier, doing the gritty stuff and being tough, you know, he was like that. Mm-hmm. So I would say for me it was him okay. that really put that in me early on. Did football help you at all with basketball as far as just building toughness, or, or is there no correlation between the two? What do you think about You know, that? I would say toughness, yeah. You know, I wasn't afraid of contact when I played basketball, and I would say some of that came from football. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say there's a, definitely a correlation. I mean, but it, then again, you got to be in shape. Mm-hmm. People say, well, like we get guys come back from football, well, it's two different kinds of being in yeah. shape. You know, football guys are playing – Five sec, what five sec, seven second burst. Mm-hmm. You know, when you come to basketball, it's more of a sustain, mm-hmm. being able to get up and down. So and even, on, even on like a drive, you're playing, you know, five, six, seven minutes, and then you're coming off yeah. all the defenses out there. I, I would say there's some things that translate and some things that don't. Mm-hmm. So what other sports did you play? Did you play anything else besides football no, and basketball? I was a, I was a football guy till I got <laughs> baseball. In high never. No, I played t-ball one year. That wasn't for me. <laughs> wasn't for me. I wasn't very good. On Too the slow time. or just? I just don't think I had the. Hand-eye coordination. Hand-eye coordination for it, just to be honest with you. It wasn't for me. Fair enough. So let me ask you this. Since you've played, you know, and, and I'll, I'll count T-ball. I think, that, I mean, that's, you know, at that age, I mean, that's a tough – that can be tough for some kids yeah. at that age. Yeah, it wasn't very good Between for me. basketball and football, which did you think – what do you think is the harder sport to excel at? Because they are so different. There's so many differences between the two. You know, I feel like basketball, a single player – Mm-hmm. can affect the game so much. Like, if you have a, a stud on the basketball mm-hmm. court, you know, maybe he can take over a game and win it for you. Mm-hmm. Whereas in football, it's tougher. You know, there's more guys mm-hmm. on the field. I think it's tougher for one player mm-hmm. maybe to take over and dominate a game. Mm-hmm. I guess that would be the biggest difference. Okay. So, you got to high school. What what year did you start high school? Ball? 2011. 2011, yeah. okay. It's not too long ago. No, no. You're over here making me think that you thought no, you were I'm older not, or something. I'm, I'm not that old, but <laughs> – 
Well, that's not. I mean, shoot. I think that. How old are you? Twenty four. So I'm older than you. Wow. I did not think that would be the case. I don't think if you put us next to each other, I don't think people would say that I'm. Yeah, yeah. I'm still young. I think. (laughs) Fair enough. But uh, so, what was the biggest challenge at the high school level for you? The first hurdle you had to kind of jump. You know, I guess learning how to win. You know, when I got here when I was a freshman. I ended up starting that year. Wasn't supposed to. We had a guy, our, our point guard was going to start for us, Logan Jones, tore his ACL playing football. So I, I kind of got through into the fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was just tough for me to learn how to keep my emotions in check. You know, I got a few technical fouls. <laughs> Wasn't good for me. So just learning, maybe, I guess my, my first two years really was just learning what it takes to win and the little things I talk about to win, you know, and, and Wes really – trusted in me like I said even when he probably shouldn't have and left me out there and I kind of learned on the fly I got Mm -hmm. to make those mistakes and learn from them and adjust Mm -hmm. made me a better player for it so talk about the teams that you played with man because I know obviously through sports it's where a lot of people meet some of their best friends and meet guys meet you know people that they you know keep in contact with the rest of their life did you meet any of your best friends through basketball you know what man my best friend I I played with him for four years here Cody Dove he lives in Florida he lives in Florida now we still get on we play you know Call of Duty together (laughs) and still talk all the time I I got married he was the best man in my wedding you know so uh I would say him is really a guy I've got to meet that I'm still really close with mm-hmm. from, from those teams. And there was a lot of guys I grew up with. Joseph Phillips I grew up with from when I was a kid. Spencer Nard, who played football here, was, mm-hmm. you know, went to Tech. Mm-hmm. Got to play, got to be with him, and we were really close. So a, a lot of my friends that I, I'm still friends with today I met, you know, playing ball. Mm-hmm. So what are some of your favorite memories playing basketball here then? You know what? Those, those state tournament runs mm-hmm. was awesome as a coach. But for me as a player, uh, we, we beat Clark Range here one night. I can't remember. I was a junior. Mm-hmm. And, I, gosh, we were both ranked in the top ten in the state at the time. It was a big game. And I remember Brett Hastings on that team hit a game winner with about five seconds left. That that was a good memory for me, beating those guys. <laughs> uh, breaking the all-time scoring record was a good memory for me mm-hmm. here, you know, to be able to do that. And there's all kinds of great players came before me here, you know, so to get to do that was awesome memories. What What, what is what, what was your record? How many points did you end up scoring? So I think it's like 1,860, wow, something like that. So, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> is a it few, still standing? or It's still standing. Still standing. Still standing. <laughs> is yes, a, so I have to ask, as a coach, when you see great players come through like Peyton West, and I think now a lot of people consider Silas Randolph to be up there as well. Do you, do you, do you sit there kind of worried about them breaking it? Or Not are you at more all, focused man. On winning? You know, they're, they're made to be broken. You know, Ty, Tyrus West, Dalton Coleman, those guys came through here. I, I got to play with those guys for a year. So all those guys coming through, I was rooting for them. I was rooting for Peyton when he came through, you know, trying to give him everything that I knew. Mm-hmm you know, to try to make him the best player he could be. So, yeah, I definitely root for those guys. So, uh, the next part of this discussion, I want to ask you, I think I know what your answer will be, but I'm going to commit the cardinal rule of journalism, the cardinal sin of journalism, and ask it anyways. Um, Do you think basketball in this area, as far as the Upper Cumberland, do you think it gets enough credit for how tough it is to win here? You know what, I don't. You know, a lot of times people say that, you know, the Memphis area, whatever, is the best, but top to bottom around here, it's tough. I mean, you look at we, we're double A now, but in that single A district we've been in in the Stuff. past, Clay County mm-hmm. studs, Pickett County studs every year, mm-hmm. even one through eight in that district, you had Jackson County was good. They could beat you on anybody could beat you mm-hmm. then. So it, it was tough, man. And, and even the double A district that you know with York and Upper, and they're going to the state tournaments. Yeah. Sparta's been good, but Grant Slatton, it's mm-hmm. tough. In my opinion, this is one of the toughest areas in the state to play. 
Yeah. How much of that do you think is due to the coaches? Because that 1A district specifically, and I told, you know, I talked to Coach West, you know, for one of these episodes. I said that, you know, the first three coaches, especially from two years ago, that I thought about were him, Coach Edwards at Clay County, and then Coach Amonette at Pickett. And that's not even taking into account, you know, Kevin Thomas at Jackson County and Rodney Pyle at the time at Clark Range. How much of just this area, how much of it is just the amount of coaching Depth. I guess that might be a poor way of wording it, but just the 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 elite level of coaching that exists in this area. Well, you got to be on top of your game, and, and as a coach, you know, and this is something that I really took from Coach West. You really got to put your time in and be prepared because those guys are doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like KT, Joseph Aminette, Rob Edwards. They're they're the best anywhere. You go anywhere in the state, you don't find guys better than that. You know, and you can go all the way down the list in that conference. You had Greg Bibb, who was good man. He was multiple on defense. Mm-hmm. All those guys were tough, and you just had to really be on top of your game and every night and be prepared as a coach or you was going to get beat. I think that one thing I said was specifically looking at, you know, the 2019-2020 season. Obviously, we know how that season ended or the lack thereof, shall we say, because of COVID. One thing I said, and I told, and West, Coach West got a good chuckle out of this, was I hated in the region tournament that year that one of Monterey, Clay, Pickett, one of them had to get eliminated because I felt like all three of those teams could potentially win a state title. What, what did you think about the depth of that year from a coaching perspective? Man, it was tough. You know, I, I mean, Pickett County had the Aminette boys on that team. You went to Clay County, Jake Ashlock, uh, Grant. Grant Strong was on that team. You know, we had Peyton, Caden Jones, Kevin Borjas. You know, and even the district MVP that year didn't even make the region. Yeah. Red Bowling Springs was tough. Mm-hmm. People forget about them that year. Mm-hmm. And I thought any – I thought one, two, five in our conference that year could have made it to the state tournament. You know, lucky, luckily for us, we were mm-hmm. good enough. We got on a run there and mm-hmm. made it – got short of my COVID, obviously. That still hurts. <laughs> so uh, – Let's talk. I'll talk about that, and then I'll go back to something I wanted to ask you about as a player. When that happened with COVID, kind of, what was the next couple of months like for you after that? What, what was that like? Man, that was tough, you know, because you know we've been the state tournament two years before that with Ty and those guys, and I've talked talk to Coach West about this. When we went there that year, I felt like we were happy to be there, mm-hmm. you know. So we returned, we brought those guys back, a lot of those guys, Peyton West and mm-hmm. all those guys back on that team in 2020. And I felt like we were going down there, like, hey, I felt like we can win this thing, you know. So after it got canceled and all that, it was tough. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they postponed it at first. So you were like, well, are we going to get to play or are we not? And then, you know, after a month or so goes by, it's like, well, this probably ain't going to happen. So it was definitely tough. Did you ever have, did you have hope at any point early in that process that it might still be played? You know, the first couple weeks I did – I thought, well, you know, they're going to maybe they'll reschedule it. We don't know what's going to go on with all this COVID stuff. And then as it went on and the COVID numbers kept getting worse, it was like, yeah, man, this probably ain't going to happen. Who was Monterey? I messed up with, was it Booker T. Booker Washington? T. Washington. So uh, obviously, I know you guys probably prepared a lot for that game, just knowing again how important of a game it would have been for this team. Uh, realistically, what did you think that team could do against BT Washington? You know what? I thought if we shot the ball well in that game, we would have had a chance. You know, they played – a lot of those teams come out of Memphis or man-to-man, get mm-hmm. up in you. And, and the tapes we had had on those guys, they played matchup zone. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that team we had at that time could really shoot the ball. And I thought, you know, if we went down there and shot the ball well, I thought we would have a chance to beat those guys. Mm-hmm. So, it was – you know, and they were the number one team in the state at the time. So, it would have been a good – if you could have got by that game. Could, it was a good test. Yeah, it was a good test. If you could have got by that game, hey, who knows what happens, you know. In the state tournament, I think Oneida was there, who we had already beat. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Clay County was there. We had already beat those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, 
East Robertson, Clay County had beat them in the year. So, I mean, I felt like we were as good as anybody there, you know. And if we could have got over that first game, I felt like I liked our chances mm -hmm. to compete. So, I'm going to ask you a tougher question <laughs> now. And maybe it is a tough question. Maybe it's not because I know the level of players that have come through this district, specifically from, you know, here, Salina, Pickett. I know the players that have come through. As a player, who was one player that, you know, every time you were matched up with them, you loved going up against them? And you just knew it was going to be a great matchup. For me, for me as a player, uh, gosh, I, there was a lot of tough guys, man. And those times, I would say for me, John Michael Farrell at Pickett County, okay. you know, we played against each other a lot in middle school. Mm -hmm. And whenever we matched up, we was really going to get after it. Mm -hmm. So I would say that was a tough matchup. And mm -hmm. I knew I had to bring it on that night because he was going to bring it too. Mm -hmm. So I would say that was that was the toughest ma the matchup that I got up for <laughs> and I was ready for. So who were, who were some other players that came through this district and came to this area in that time that you look back on and go, wow, these guys were just, you know, I can't believe that I played against these guys. Because like, I know that a lot of people up in Clay County talk about, for example, Tyreek Key. They yep. talk about him. He's obviously at Indiana State finishing out a career there. But who were some other players that came through here that, that were just you couldn't believe just the level of talent that was in this area. Well, obviously, I played against Tyreek for two years. Mm -hmm. I was a senior when he was a sophomore. He was district MVP yeah. that year, so, I mean, he was a stud. He was good. You had, uh, gosh, Garrett Stoltz at Clark Range was a couple years older than me. He was a really good player. You had Connor Hall at Jackson County. Uh, a lot of guys at Pickett County that was studs. You had Kyle Hughes and Peyton Garrett. That team was loaded. Mm -hmm. Uh Landon Baldwin at Clark Range, a big, could score it, could shoot the three. I mean, there was – I guess back in those days, the teams, you couldn't say, hey, this guy was a Tyreek Key or a Grant Strong or a Peyton West, but you, you could say more of, hey, they had five or seven really good players that they put on the floor. So it was tough, man. It, 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 we didn't get the respect then. I don't think that we do now as, as a conference, but the basketball was still really good then. So, do you do you think? So you say the respect that you get now. Do you think this conference gets enough for or that one A district? You know, obviously you're in a two A one now, but that one A. Do you think last year was kind of the people realizing? Like, is for example, you know, a lot of people talked about Clay and Pickett, but I think what a lot of people forget about last year's team was that Pickett was ten seconds away from having their season ended in the regions by y'all. Yeah, you know. So, do you think that this that district kind of got earned its respect and got the proper amount of respect? You know what I, I think over the the last. Two or three years in that conference, we've kind of earned some respect. You know, we a couple of years ago we had Sparta here when they was really good. Yeah. Should have beat those guys here. Mm -hmm. I, I feel I like was here for that game. I remember that. We've yeah. and other teams in our conferences went and beat double A teams and triple A teams and stuff like that and made it to state tournaments. And I, I feel like as a whole, we got our respect from beating the going and beating those guys. And obviously, Clay winning state championship helped mm -hmm. out a lot. And Pickett being there, and I thought Pickett could have won it too. Mm -hmm. You know. And like you said, we were out there beating them, or should, probably should have beat them. Mm -hmm. We were probably one box out away. You yeah. know, obviously it didn't go our way, but uh, yeah, I think we've earned some respect. Mm -hmm. So now let's talk about Coach West a little bit as a player, because I know you coached with him, and we'll talk about that kind of dynamic in a bit. Coach West, <laughs> what in your opinion made him a great coach? I think Coach West was an excellent tactician. Like his X's and O's were tough. He he always knew. Um, when to watch set to run, when to change defenses. I think he was good at that. Mm -hmm. So one thing that always stuck out to me when I watched him, and you know, watching the last you know two years specifically, I don't because I, I feel like the 2019 team and the 2020 21 team. I feel like there were there were differences in those two teams. Obviously, I mean, one of those teams had a lot more experience, had a lot more depth, in my opinion, and had guys you know. When you graduate, how many, what, seven think, or eight yeah, seniors? I think seven, I mean, I think when you graduate that many seniors, I mean, it's just it's hard to maintain that next year. 
But it always felt, and I, n- I never felt like I saw him get blown out. Like it always felt like he had his teams prepared. Is that do you think that was another strength of his? Is that no matter who he had on his team, he had you guys prepared to play and you guys were competitive. You know what? what Coach was always done his homework, man. That's that's one thing you could never take away from him. Never say he didn't do. He was man. I I'd say he had a lot of sleepless nights. I mean, <laughs> uh, I know I done a lot of film work and stuff, but he was doubling or tripling what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So he was always prepared. He always knew, hey, if they play this defense, we need to attack here. If they go man-to-man, we need to get the ball here and try to go with this matchup. So he was always well-prepared, and I think that's why we, we never got really ran out of the gym. Very rarely we always was competing. So when for you, when did the thought of coaching or the, like the idea of you being a coach, when did that kind of get into your mind? You know what? To be honest with you, never, really. Okay. And uh, – Gosh, I guess before that 2017 season, Coach West approached me and asked me if I'd be interested in coming back. And I, I was still, you know, coming out the gym and playing pickup with the guys and all that. So I was still around. Did you play in college? Or? I didn't. I, okay. I had some offers I could have. But to be honest with you, at the time, I was kind of burnt out. Okay. So I think, I think that's fair. So I was – I didn't want to work it. I felt like when you go to college, it's like a job. Yeah. And I was like, man, do I really want to do that? <laughs> so, so I didn't play in the – I was still coming here playing pickup, play, still playing a lot of basketball. And it, he asked me if I wanted to help him coach. I was like, man, why not? You know, I'm around anyway. So, and it was awesome. We had a great run together. What was the biggest adjustment you had to make from going from being a guy that was on the floor consistently to being, you know, on the bench? You know, you see a lot more stuff mm-hmm. uh, than being on the floor and sitting on the bench. And I had to tell a lot of these guys that now, hey, when you're sitting over here on the bench, stuff that we're telling you, you don't always see it on the floor. So you got to – I guess as a player, you got to really put more. Tr- you have to learn to put trust in what your coach is telling you, and I, I guess I didn't always understand that mm-hmm. when I was a player. But uh, yeah, it, it's different. It's different, but it, it was good for me. I enjoyed it. So, what does when you first got into coaching? What did a normal kind of week look like for you when it came to like preparing for games and doing film work? What did a normal week look like for you? You know, we're always trying to get at least two films on somebody, mm-hmm. watching film. Then come in the day before the game, have those films clipped up, break them down, offense, defense, maybe highlights we want to talk about, go over it, have a pregame practice, walk through, and then hopefully be prepared for the game. So, you know, and you're doing that, what, two or three times a week. So it's a full-time job, man. So what are, what's, what are some of the latest nights you've had doing film? Like, what, you know, you, you, you get to bed at, like, what, 2 a.m., 3 a.m.? I'd say, you know what, I, I, don't, I try not to stay up very late. I'd say 12, 1 o'clock, so okay. as late as it goes for me, I, I try to go to I bed. I need to learn that. I, need I to try learn to that. go to bed. You know, sometimes it didn't happen when it gets down district tournament time. Mm-hmm. It don't work hardly like that. You get some some later nights when mm-hmm. it, you're getting deep in the postseason. You're stressed and worrying about it, especially, you know, I worried more when I felt like we were good. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I hope we don't have a letdown, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, there's definitely some That's interesting. Nights. Explain that a little bit further because that's interesting. I would, you would think it would be the other way around, you know, where, where you might have a team that's maybe a little lighter on the talent end. Uh, Explain that a little bit more. I, I feel like if you're not – I feel like if, if you feel like you're not as good, like, hey, if, if we, we go in playing these guys and I think they might be a little better than us, hey, we got nothing to lose, mm-hmm. you know. Or you flip that around if you're the team that probably should win and everybody thinks, hey, these guys should win. Hey, well, you're trying to avoid a letdown. You know, you don't want to be the guys that get upset. So that for me personally, that was what worried me more, I guess, late, late season, postseason runs. So as an assistant coach, I want to ask you this. How much – because I know that 
and talking to Coach West again, one thing he did was he, he – it seems like he values other people's opinions when it comes to what's happening in a game, what's happening with a certain team. It seems like – did you feel that way as a coach that, like, you, you – you, it was a pretty open chain of communication where you could give your thoughts, give your opinions on what you thought was happening? Yeah, you know what? Coach West and I were – I obviously played for him for four years and was his assistant for five years, I guess. So we were together for a long time. So I felt like whatever, whatever I thought, if I thought, hey, we should run this set here – he was going to do it. He valued my opinion. And it was back and forth. You know, there was a lot of times timeout would happen. Me, me and him, Coach Slagle, would be up there, hey, we should do this, we should do that, going back and forth. And we would all – it was all Brianna a collective. Done. We decided together. It wasn't always, Brianna hey, we're done. doing this. It was, yeah. you know, we, we always had an opinion. He valued what we said. It worked out for us pretty well, I feel like. <laughs> so – you mentioned being able to see more on the bench than on the floor. Again, that's just something I find interesting because I feel like on the floor, and maybe that's because sometimes on the floor players get tunnel vision. Is Do you think that's the case of why you're able to see a little more on the floor because you're examining the entire game, not just kind of what uh, we're Yeah, I, I think so because, uh, you know, a lot of times in a game I feel like emotions get so high. and it, mm-hmm. Basketball is such a mental thing. You know, when you're on the bench, you're kind of outside of it somewhat, I guess, and you, and you can see stuff happen without maybe having an opinion, your own feelings, mm-hmm. I guess, tied up in it. You're – you're more of seeing the whole game, like you said, and I think that's better. I think that's what I meant by that, I guess. So you you, you mentioned one, – one other thing you mentioned was when you first got to high school level, you had to find a way to kind of control the emotions of the emotions when games got heated and stuff like that. Did you – what was – do you did you ever – do you remember the first time you had to calm a player down that kind of got a little too heated as a coach where uh, you kind of had to take them and be like, hey, I get it, you know, emotions are riding high, but we need you, we can't let – you can't lose your mind. Yeah, you, you know what so, – one of the first guys, I guess, that was like that was Kevin Borjas. That didn't surprise me at all. <laughs> you know what? We, we, honestly, we were kind of cut from the same cloth in, mm-hmm. a, in a lot of ways. And, and, you know, I'd say, hey, guys, look, I was there. You know, if a call don't go your way, a play don't go your way, whatever. You know, I was that same guy that was getting worked up, maybe, hey, hey getting stuck. And it took me a while as a player, maybe my junior, senior year, to figure out, hey, you got to calm down next play. And it helped me when I when I was coaching to be able to tell those guys, hey, I, you know, I've been where you're at. I, I know what you're feeling. You got to move on next play. And I, and those guys, I think, valued that opinion because you know they guys like that it had saw that when was around in those times and they knew that and they I think they respected what I had to say. So as a coach, what's the craziest environment you've had to coach a game in? Because I know a lot of people think about the Fayetteville game that the you know the COVID year. When that happened, that Fayetteville game was pretty crazy, and the crowd was insane that night. But what were some other kind of crazy games and crazy atmospheres you remember coaching in? Gosh, man, those those district tournament games we had at Sparta, mm-hmm. uh, wasn't that 2020 year, but the year when we had Tyrus West and all those guys and went made it to the semifinals, those games at Sparta were intense. Uh, the Pickett County game down there, the Clay County game down there, the, then that year our sectional game here at home, man, all those games were just packed crowd was crazy mm-hmm. you know maybe I don't know if it was as loud but I think we had a bigger crowd that okay. year when we played Lead Academy here mm-hmm. so I remember coming out of the tunnel that that first sectional game here and man everybody going crazy so that, that was just awesome experience one thing I've always said that I love about the 1A level when it comes to basketball is it feels like the crowds are more into it because a lot of times with 1A schools it's because the communities are a lot smaller everybody typically comes to the games I mean you know, you talk about, you know, broadcasts. I almost don't wonder what the point of broadcasting goes kind of games are because anybody that wants to see the game is there. Uh, do you feel like that's one of the best parts about coaching at a smaller school and in a smaller community is that, you know, the community support is as strong as it is? I, I do. But, you know, like me, I get to, I'm out in town all the time. I see people during basketball season, you know, 
and everybody's, oh, how's it going to go tonight? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm coming tonight. Good luck. And, you know, I, I get to get out and see all these people, and then they're here in the stands at the game. That's awesome. Everybody's just so tight-knit, and, every, you know, you know everybody. See everybody in the stands. It's just good experience. So I have to ask, besides here, because obviously this is a fantastic gym to play in, do you have a, a another gym around the Upper Cumberland or in the area that every time when you, you know you see it on the schedule, you're looking forward to when you guys get to go play there? Gosh, that's tough. You know, I, I love t- playing in tough environments, and it's not always worked out well for us, I guess. <laughs> but, I, you know, you always know when you go to Pickett County, hey, it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. So so I would say there's, you know, you, hey, you got to get up and be ready when you go play at Pickett County. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that that's probably the most old school gym that I've ever said, especially with like the stage in the background and the students right behind the goal. That feels like one of the most old school gyms, and I love it. Yeah, yeah, they're they're in Clark Range too. You know, yeah, Pickett County Clark Range. If you got to be ready, the crowd's going to be on you. You know, you got to be you got to be on your p's and q's when you're there. Mm-hmm. All right, so the way I like to end a lot of these, at, you know, is just you know for you to give some free game real quick. So for kids that. You know, for younger athletes that are maybe again in that elementary, middle school level that want to get to where you got in your high school career, being a successful athlete, having a great career, you know, finishing as the program's all-time leading scorer at this point, what's some advice you would give them? And then looking back at your younger self when you were playing, what's some advice you would give your younger self? Gosh, that's tough. I, I would say be coachable and be willing to learn and always come in uh, wanting to learn something and, and be hungry and be willing to do the gritty stuff, the, the dirty work that nobody else wants to do. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times that's what gets you on the floor mm-hmm. and gets you playing time when maybe you're not as, as skilled as the next guy. If your skills even, if you'll do the tough stuff, hey, coach is going to play you over that. So I would say be willing to do the dirty work. And what would you tell your younger self? Kind of that same thing? Yeah, I, I would say that same thing maybe. Um, just be coachable. It took me a little while to figure that out as a younger guy. So I, I think if I could have really bought in a little earlier, I would have been better off. So I guess the same thing. Awesome. I love it. Well, that is Monterey legend Jared Phillips.